This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Ropes 315. Jeff Hawkins here with Chris Novembrino tonight. We're going to do NXT TakeOver Phoenix preview and uh, take a look at some other things that happened around the Federation and some of the smaller shows, some of the network shows. Chris, how you doing? I'm good. Are you going to TakeOver Phoenix? I am. Ooh, okay. Like, I know we're going to do the preview and everything, but just real quickly, top line, what match are you the most excited to see? Um, Out of all of them... I am the one I, I'm most nervous about, which makes me more excited. Is I really want to see this Shayna Bianca Belair match. I, okay. I really, yeah, I yeah. really want a breakout from a self from a from a PC person who has upside. It's been two years. I want to see a coming out party for her. Yeah, I'm very very hopeful about that. So uh, I, I'm excited to talk about that. I watched NXT UK as well too. So if you want to get into that, we can get into that. A little bit. I kind of I, I watched it. It was kind of on in the background as I watched. Next week's show is going to be great, but but we're going to bring up a point about NXT UK at least next week's show. Okay. Um, I'll, I'm also when we do the preview, I'm going to go over the two t- matches that are going to be taped for TV, both of which I think are going to be pretty good as well. Um, but I'm going to start with the main roster doing a little bit of cleanup. This was not something on either show, but it was reported by Dave Meltzer that apparently Ronda Rousey is at least pondering making this just a one-year deal so that she can go and raise a family with her husband, Travis Brown. Uh, My official response to this and my official take on this is she can go and do what she wants. We have a strong women's division. There are other women that need pushing. She's done a lot for this. The WrestleMania match was great. If she's going to be a part-timer, let her be a part-timer. But don't don't kind of, uh, uh, how should I put this, toe the line between full-time and part-time. This is fun, and I only kind of want to do this for a little while thing. Yeah, I'm on board with that. I, I, the one thing I would like to see her do if she is indeed thinking about wrapping up is give Becky the rub because I think that Becky getting a big win over Ronda Rousey would do a lot for Becky to be the man around the division. And then, to your point, Jeff, Ronda really would have done a lot and left her mark on this division because Becky would still be around. And Becky would be carrying that signature win um, built on Ronda's real in-ring accomplishments here. She did a really good job during this run. If it's true... Um, it's a shame that they could not get around to building up this horsewomen versus horsewomen program strong enough because I think that would have been really hot fire. And there's not time to do it now if she's leaving in April because you're going to have the road to WrestleMania going down there. I, I thought that would have been a nice little, you know, even maybe a first women's war games type of thing, which would have been kind of cool. But um, maybe I'm they fu- can talk her into staying through SummerSlam because I think that would be enough time to well, get this story. Well, here's told. the other thing that's interesting to me is they kind of built the Fox sale on Ronda Rousey, star that's power right. like Ronda yeah. Rousey. <laughs> if she leaves, Fox really got sold. Um, 
not an entire bill of goods, but not everything that was advertised. They they got sold a, a car with uh, people who knew that there was a, maybe a little bit of engine trouble in there. I, I agree. I think it, it, I, I I won't call it a total bait and switch because really no, what but they like were Brock Lesnar could wrap up and Ronda Rousey could wrap up. And if you're the Fox executives and you don't really follow professional wrestling that closely or how WWE makes their sauce very closely, you might go, well, they got Ronda and Brock on the roster. Those people were locked in for fairly long term deals without necessarily knowing that that's not necessarily oh chris but they were buying the wwe experience yeah 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 that's it (laughs) uh i'm gonna tell you something in 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 going with your watching nxt uk this week um i am i am on board with next week's show something fierce because marcel bartel and fabian eichner are going to take on mustache mountain and after this nxt go home show more, 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 please, more, more please. please. They, they're like my new favorite tag team. I love that NXT match this week. I love these guys. These guys keep having great matches. Yes, more. Absolutely. I want nothing but a division of grizzled veteran tag teams that just want to beat the crap out of each other. Because I yeah. loved, I loved this Oni Lork and Danny Birch match versus them. Absolutely adored it, and you could tell Nigel was just having a blast because he marked out at one point just laughing at, at a at a hard hit and I just I I loved everything about this. G- give me my grizzled veteran tag league with the revival in this and I would be happy. Yeah, you know what I loved about that match, this is gonna sound weird, is that it was really, really well worked and it had just that right amount of slop that made it feel real. Like it was every so often just a little bit sloppy, but not like in a bad way, in a way that made it feel real. Like, these guys are really going at it. Oh, man, I loved this match. Yeah, it it was a little smooth. I mean, a little too choreographed in some of the double-team spots, but overall, the hard-hitting kind of made up for it. Um, I am am more than excited to watch that Mustache Mountain match as well. Yep. Um, I like that they're kind of building them by losing to really good teams. And but you know that there's going to be that one match where they finally put it all together. It's and, establishing and credibility guys. for that, yeah. Which is yeah. which is really interesting. It's a really interesting way to establish a heel team, and it's working. Where they're coming out, they are actually getting some wins. Like they they had the big win over the the enhancement talent the last week. Not a big win, but like that was a good match, and that established credibility for the team. And then here they lost narrowly, but. If you kind of forgot the early part of the match, like that first couple of minutes between Oni Lorcan and Marcel Bartel, the tail end of the match actually kind of read as though Bartel and Eichner were faces. Not that, like, Birch and Lorcan in any way, shape, or form were working as heels. It's just that they had the hope spot there at the tail end. Eichner was knocking himself out, and then they made a mistake and got rolled up for a pin. It's a babyface style loss. Yeah, Eichner's no longer going to be working with Evolve now that he's on NXT TV, and it looks like whatever he's been doing in between, you know, the last kind of mini run he had on NXT, and then the Evolve mini run as champion, and now uh, he's he's he was fantastic in the Cruiserweight Classic, and he's really really improved since then. I I really like what he was doing here, and I like the. 
I, I like kind of the dichotomy of of they're actually two different guys who have two different styles that then eventually mesh. It's like right, you know, power and and technique. And I really, you know, that's always an awesome thing for a team for me. Yeah, Eichner has the flash. He's got the flashy power, and he's got the flashy high-flying moves, and Marcel Bartel can be the guy who comes in and works the arms, works the legs, grinds them down. I love... I'm always a big fan of... This is such a simple spot, but when the heels get the guy at the quarter and quickly tag in and out and do the stomping. I'm so about that spot. Yeah. And I, I liked that he, he tried to dive in to make the save, and he was holding the leg. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I thought that, that was that a nice was little touch. That, that shows that was, how close it was. Yeah, and it's also realistic a little bit. I mean, what he wasn't he wasn't like like scrambling for all three counts of the thing, you know, to try and get there and make that. It was like on the two, grab the leg, and so he's struggling. And he just missed being able to get there. I, I, I really that that match was great. I liked this go home show. For NXT overall, I thought a lot of it was really, really good. Um, Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane had a nice tag team squash against. I like Amber Nova a lot. I do. She's been out. She's now been like the uh, Amber Nova's the, the, de- the slider of the two. Yes. Yeah. She she's the one who's very very fit, and she uh, she's now been kind of the like, the designated victim in in both her matches on NXT. I I think she's. She's at least interesting with the whole auto mechanic thing. She actually, like, builds cars and things in her spare time. Oh, that's I, cool. I, yeah, I, I think she, she's she's an interesting person to watch if they decide not to sign her and she's out there because she still works indies and, and things of that nature. And, and Tania Brooks, I thought, did very well, too. I just I found the Io Shirai Kyrie Sane thing a little clunky for some reason. I, 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 I thought them there both. was just... Uh talent gulf a little bit between the enhancement talent and Io there Shirai was. and there Kyrie. Was. And, and it was it was too much for Shirai and Kyrie to kind of like guide the enhancement talent through. Um so there were just parts where they were going for bumps and stuff and like they didn't know which direction to bump in and, and that sort of thing. And that that just comes with experience. So it, you know it's tough to find good enhancement talents that can work with Sane and Shirai just because they do kind of work a different style and and a lot of the enhancement talent maybe don't have any frame of reference for the style that Sane and Shirai work or haven't worked that type of match before. Now, now that said, I liked the match better than I liked the post-match. I hate, I don't like the way they're being presented. You know, like like uh, like almost teenagers who just hug each other. We're best friends! <laughs> it, it, it's such a bad stereotype to me. Right? Is is that the right is that the right term? Like cute kawaii? Like the, the that's the kind of yeah, there there's a little juvenile thing going on there. And, and it's, it it's almost weird. like they think they're living anime characters. Yes, right. Yeah. I that that part just kind of it, it annoys me a bit. I mean, look, the first time she comes in and makes the save, you hug her. You can stop hugging now, guys. <laughs> it's a bit much. I mean, maybe they're just really trying to telegraph the eventual betrayal here. And that that's why they, they feel like we won't be able to have a lot of promos with Kairi Sane and Io Shirai, and therefore we need to really get over that they're friends through hugs. I, I also enjoyed the uh, Bianca Belair, Shayna Baszler hype video. I like that she's just kind of chewing her gum, staring around, 
while they're playing these clips of Shayna. It's a nice little dichotomy. I'm I'm super stoked for the match, and I think she came off really well in the video once she got to talk a little bit. Yeah, I I agree. No, I, I I tend to think that all of these NXT build videos are very good, and they're nice little recaps of the matches. They get you ready. You want to see the match. You want to see the payoff, and they give you a little bit extra, like that train side of things, the training. Other other matches. Velveteen Dream defeated. Bobby, or no, yeah, he defeated Bobby Fish. I think this is the correct build for for this kind of thing. Uh, it, it it's like a late eighties. Oh, who's the level of uh, Velveteen Dream and Crockett that I would be thinking? Of? I don't want to say like Sam Houston. Is he like Magnum TA at this? A point? little Magnum TA beating Ole Anderson type. Yeah, of thing. Yeah, right, right, and, and we're now starting to kind of on commentary hit that note of uh there's some members of the undisputed era who have belts and some who don't i don't think we're doing anything anytime soon but we're at least kind of planting that seed on commentary and i really liked the uh the four-way build of the uh both the north american and world title in the same program i think the two matches are going to coincide with each other in a way Oh, almost certainly. I think the dead giveaway on that was Johnny's opening line in that promo, that if this was the 2018 Johnny, you would be getting in my head and you'd be able to manipulate me and you think you're going to manipulate me. And then Tommaso Ciampa manipulates him. I enjoy the storytelling on this. I I, I know, again, your mileage may vary with the Gargano Ciampa stuff, but uh, I think that they found Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love it too. I'm not saying you. I, I'm saying oh, okay. that I, there there are there are varying reactions, and this feud has crossed a line or crossed the line twice or thrice at this point for various people. From what I've seen, uh, I'm just saying for me, I love all of the mind game stuff. So before we get to the preview, let's just go through 205 live real quick. What you liked, what you didn't like. Uh, I will start. I really like the vignettes with. Uh, Brian Kendrick and Akira Tozawa. I liked, especially the one from last week where he goes, I'm teaching him every trick in the book to do this. And just and Akira Tozawa yeah. with the big grin. I just, I absolutely love that. I love how, how, how they built kind of this four way uh, with the exception of the match. I did not like the three way. I thought it was completely um, gratuitous. Like, why do I want yeah. to see these guys in a few days when you just gave me most of the match on substance today with with a clear winner, no less? And then you have Buddy Murphy interfering in it, which is, again, one of my pet peeves. Oh, it's no DQ. He can just go in there and do anything he wants. He could bring a gun and an army in there and just take out everybody. It's like, ah, oh, jeez, why? And then we kind of had the uh, the continuation of the growth of one Umberto Carrillo as he beat Grand Metalik. Really good enhancement match for Umberto Carrillo. A, a big win style of enhancement match to kind of build him up further. I, I like the tail end of this when he picks up Grand Metalik and Metalik is impressed with what Carrillo has shown. And I love, love, love Drew Gulak backstage. <laughs> so angry that he can't even words write. That there's just no words for the high-flying and the flashy finish that Carrillo did. He could have just pinned him, Jeff. Jeff, Metalik was on the ground, and that stupid Carrillo had to go into a handstand and a moonsault. Who does he think he is? And plus, they didn't sign his boy Wheeler Utah, which was one of my <laughs> favorite right. name drops from from the binders. But I, I yeah, I liked. Uh, I just 
when when Gulak leaves, but just that's another important through line. We're joking, but that's also true that like Drew Gulak was trying to emotionally invest himself in building a better 205 live by suggesting all of these no flyers, and instead we get this flashy, tall, handsome, charismatic, high flying guy. I I did like Gallagher's just look at uh, at Drake where he's just like disgusted. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I'll tell you what, Aiden English wasn't uh, wasn't too bad on commentary. No, I, I think he's totally fine, and give him a few weeks, and I think he'll actually mesh in pretty well. Right. Yeah, it, it was just a little bit of picking his spots and, you know, knowing knowing how heel he needs to go here. But, yeah, a couple of weeks, I think he'll be fine. I, I uh, Him and he, Nigel, I think, will find a really nice synergy, and it will allow Nigel to not do the thing that you and I have found kind of grading at various points where Nigel is too heavy on the heel. Like, yeah. he and English can now trade off a little bit on who's being heel and make it actually feel a little bit more 50-50, honestly. Like, a little bit more like a sporting experience where there, there are different viewpoints, but who's the good guy and the bad guy can kind of change from match to match a little bit. They can just have their own partisan favorites, as it were. Oh, I, I expect both to be a little bit heelish to, and then for Vic to be the one to have to Check react, them both. But, but yeah, but I, I, I do like this over Percy Watson. Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I Percy's probably a very nice fellow, but uh, on commentary, he, um, he's gotten better at on NXT. You know what? He's fine on NXT. Yeah, he's gotten he's better on NXT. He's perfectly fine on NXT. I was NXT. giving him a compliment a couple of weeks ago. I think he can be very good, but on 205 Live, I felt like he's added nothing, especially with the way he's interacted with the Nigel character that we get on 205 Live. Yeah, I, I just don't think he has the the knowledge of of kind of the style to really put it over as a color commentator he 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 has character down he can go oh man this guy this this guy that you know that kind of thing but in terms of you know describing moves and flow i, I think that's a bit of a weak spot for him yeah absolutely absolutely what else happens on this? Uh, Tony Nese gets mad and wants a match with Noam Dar and instead we're made to wait a week for it because this is the build that you and I have both been waiting for <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, it is. No, it definitely is. <laughs> so, NXT TakeOver Phoenix happening Saturday night at the Talking Stick Arena in one Phoenix, Arizona. I will be there live. I am very excited. I'm going to start with two matches that are going to be taped for next week's NXT television, starting with the Street Profits taking on the Forgotten Sons. It's going to be a big crowd going to be a hot crowd and i like that the street profits have worked a couple weeks and evolved to get ready for kind of this big match feel versus the uh confines of full sale um i'm hoping that uh montez ford does something to blow me away here but uh, i fully expect that the street profits will be going over rather strong here yeah, I think they're going over rather strong. I I almost think the more interesting discussion is is this a by the numbers match that kind of wraps up relatively quickly and sort of relatively predictably or do we get a little flash and a little bit of spice and a little bit of NXT takeover magic in this match? Yeah, I I agree. I really want to see something from the Street Profits in their first quote unquote big huge like this atmosphere that because uh, they haven't been on a takeover yet as much as you know they've been around forever but they haven't been on a takeover yet so i'm looking forward to that and i think uh 
you know, I, I think the Forgotten Sons kind of get you know, forgotten, for lack of a better term, in that they are no solid. They are solid hands here, and uh, you know they'll they'll be able to take and catch them. So I'll, I'll, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with a nice little, um, you know, get the heat segment mid card tag team type match here. Yeah, I I think it has the ability to be a very good match if that's what the agents want it to be and if they want it to be you know essentially it's a match for television next week it can be that too and and we'll just see what happens also um being taped for television next week a rematch Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai taking on Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir um man I Everything about it says that EO and Kyrie get the win again, but this is 50-50. That's funny. Land. I was actually thinking it goes the other way, that they want to give Duke and Shafir a signature win on a takeover and have some sort of all of the four horsewomen won on takeover that night sort of story. Okay. I could I could see that too. I, I am going to say that they somehow find a way to cheat to win yeah. and they get the pin. Yeah, I don't think it's clean, but I think that they find a way to win. I'll be also be interested to see if they somehow shoehorn Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream on here. I'm not sure they're going to. They're running that in Riverside, California tomorrow night. But uh, I don't think it's going to officially be on this TV taping, so we will not discuss it. We'll start with the main card now, starting with Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono. Uh, I have seen Matt Riddle versus Chris Hero on the Indies. It was a fantastic match. If it is three forces good, this could potentially steal the show. Did they I'm wrestle looking... in Dallas at WrestleMania that weekend? I believe they did. Oh, okay. Then I've seen them wrestle too. Um, I think we both saw that exact same show. And yeah, yeah. It, it can be really good. Uh, the, this is another one that it will be as good as the agents let it be if they want to have... And actually, if it's the opening match, I bet you that this picks up at a certain point and kind of gets pretty pretty hard-hitting for a few minutes. Let me look this up real quick. I can't remember which Evolve show it was. It okay, was... so what I'm going to do while you're looking it up, I've been working on my vamps here, Hawkins. And so what okay. I'm going to do in order to vamp right now is I'm going to mention that we have a Patreon, and you can go to patreon.com slash shake them ropes and what we're going to be doing for our patreon episode this month is we talked about doing favorite albums we're probably going to do that at some point but after the show i kind of uh, i was talking to hawkins i've been going on this big old marathon of watching andy kaufman stuff and i was thinking it would be really fun to take a look back at a retrospective of andy kaufman working as a professional wrestling heel so if you sign up on patreon.com slash shake them ropes. The next premium episode is going to be a retrospective on Andy Kaufman. Hawkins, how'd I do? Are you ready? Uh I'm I'm more or less ready. I'm I'm getting I'm getting results from a show in 2016 in October, and that couldn't have been it. So nope. I didn't I couldn't find it necessarily there, but uh I know it's I've a memory that I wish I had with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like some, we're such good friends that I, sometimes I just there are certain memories I wish we had together. Let's put it this way: I either saw it in Dallas or Orlando. I know I've seen this match, um, but I am looking very, very forward to it. I think Matt Riddle wins strong, but I think both guys beat the crap out of each other. Yeah, right. No, I, I, I this could be short but very brutal and therefore delicious. Uh, 
going to the beginning of our title matches for the NXT North American Championship, Ricochet takes on Johnny Gargano. How do you see this one shaping up? I have been going back and forth on this ever since I watched NXT earlier today. I am not sure, so I'm going to make the case both ways. Johnny doesn't win, and therefore it allows Tommaso Ciampa to keep Johnny as his Renfield to Tommaso Ciampa's Dracula. Or Johnny does win, and DIY is reunited, but as evil D- DIY. Um, and Johnny still has the lesser to Tommaso's greater. And when I state those both out loud now, I think we're sticking with the Renfield-Dracula dynamic. I-, I think that Johnny is going to succumb back to Tommaso Ciampa's will, in no small part because of the tail end with Candice. Candice LeRae pushing him back. Like, there's a thrall there. He can't break himself from it. Yeah, I am I'm a little frustrated because I can't figure out a way to get to the Gargano <coughs> redemption story without Ciampa and Gargano coming together at least once as DIY right. and Ciampa right. turning on him again, which I think would be the end game anyways, would be Ciampa then beats the crap out of Gargano. Again. Right. No, I, I yeah. agree. I agree. Eventually, because Tom- Tommaso's not emotionally invested in this. This is ultimately, it's Johnny's good nature being twisted into doing bad things. Like, he loves his friend and wants his friend back, but the the whole point is that Tommaso's heart truly is black. He's the black heart. Yeah, but I think Gargano hasn't hit rock bomb yet, so right. here's what I'm thinking happens. I think there's a quid pro quo that happens. I think Ciampa helps Gargano win the title here, and I think Gargano eventually helps Ciampa retain his. So I'm going to go with Gargano beating Ricochet here. Yeah, you, I, I can believe that one too. That's why I said I was right on the fence. I, I, I'm sticking with the Renfield one. Uh, I'm going with the Renfield narrative, but yours is equally as plausible to me. Undisputed Era taking of Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong versus the War Raiders, Hanson and Rowe for the Tag Team Championships. Uh, I don't know. I, this is one that I just cannot... Can I get my head around which way they want to go in a direction? Because I think the Undisputed Era are fine retaining the titles here. I don't think there's another story to tell unless they start doing, you know, horseman rules where any two of the horsemen can defend the titles against anybody. I don't I don't think the War Raiders need the NXT Tag Team Championships. I don't think I, so either. Yeah, I think they're big guys, and I think I think they're probably gonna get brought up sooner than later. Um, I almost think the more interesting story is four guys fighting over two belts constantly. Yes, that's me too, and and especially with the dynamic of Kyle O'Reilly having now tagged with Strong and Fish as title holders, I, I think that's a much more interesting story. So I'm going with the Undisputed Era retaining their titles. Yeah, I'm going to go with them to retain as well. And maybe, maybe even a thing that necessitates a substitution of who the Undisputed is represented by. That that could be as well. Um, be interesting. We'll, we'll see. For the NXT Women's Championship, Shayna Baszler, the champion, taking on Bianca Belair. I will let you start. I think that Bianca Belair comes up short here, but in a very inspired way that really gets the crowd behind her. 
I don't think she needs to climb the top of the mountain here to be a champion. I think she can have the Rocky story. I think that's the safe way. I think that's the safe bet is that she is the undefeated person who finally meets her match. She gets a little humbled, but she's been baby-faced by the crowd. Let me curveball you then. Non-finish. It, it, it's to a draw that like neither of them can complete the match. It's not necessarily interference, but basically neither of them can answer a 10 count or something like that. But here's the other thing I was thinking about. This is kind of a position that the NWA was in in around 87 where you had Lex Luger and you had Sting and you had these other young guys and you had Flair as the champ and they and even like even older than that, even like Nikita and Magnum TA. You had all these guys on the top of the card and you never pulled the trigger as champion until it was too late. That was always the story of the NWA is they never really created that bit next big star on that first time they'd have them fail and then they'd never get around to the title match until their heat was absolutely gone. In Luger's case, they turn him heel to try and get the heat back before giving him the title again. I think the brave call here is to belt Bianca Belair. I think that would be something here. I don't think they're going to do it, but man, I really wish they, I kind of wish they do. I kind of wish they would here. Yeah, I wish they would. I, I just think we also still have the Duke and Shafir shoes to drop here in this match. So I, I, I think, I think we're probably going to go chalk on this where Bianca comes up short with the Rocky story. I think she obliterates three people. I think she looks tough and she ends this match as the people's champion um, in an emotional kind of tear-soaked moment. And I think it, I think it'll be good, uh, but I'm with you that it'll be a little by the numbers, and I think that will be the one thing that leaves me cold on the tail end of it. But I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the match. I think it's going to be a really good one. And finally, the singles match for the NXT title, Tommaso Ciampa versus Aleister Black. I've kind of tipped my hand here already. I think there's going to be a lot of melodrama here, as there always is with Ciampa, because I think Gargano's coming out to help repay Ciampa for helping him win the title. I think Candice gets involved, and I think Gargano has to do something terrible to Candice in order to help Ciampa. Yeah, I could see that because that is she's the one wall keeping him away at this point, which is weird and kind of inconsistent with kind of uh, sort of crazy Candace that we were getting with Nikki Cross and everything. Um, but but it seems that we're we're kind of bringing her back around a little bit. So yeah, I, I don't I, think she goes heel. I think she. Stay, I don't I think, think she I think goes heel. I think she. I honest, actually, I think she she does go heel eventually, but it's not in defense of Johnny. It's because she's kind of lost her mind over the whole Johnny thing. You know what I mean? She stopped seeing things clearly. Uh, yeah. I, so I, I think she could still end up being a heel, but not like in alignment with her husband at that point. Um. And yeah, I'm with you. And now that I think a little bit harder about this, I think that maybe the next step or the next chapter of this is that Aleister Black and Ricochet both having been screwed aligned together. And then somewhere in the next TV tapings, we get a DIY reunion match against Ricochet and Aleister Black. Well, let me let me put this to you then, because I might be wrong both ways on both title matches. And then I'm wrong on the tag team title match. The War Raiders win, and then you get the War Raiders versus the heel DIY. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Maybe. So they both, so that the heel DIY loses both their titles. I mean, another interesting wrinkle, or another different way to go, is 
Uh, Ciampa loses his title after helping Johnny gain his, and then we have that sort of dangling sword hanging from the ceiling. Oh, okay. Yeah, but but I I don't I think that might be a little too bold by half. So well, we we tried to make predictions. Yeah. We're not soothsayers. We're not fantasy booking here. No, I, I'm more just, We're just I'm to fielding potentiality. Going. I mean, like th- these are places. These are actual outcomes that could occur, right? Like like one person wins a match or the other person does, and then so what would that mean? Who do they show in the audience? Who do they show in the audience? Um, I'm going to say Walter. Maybe they want to get a little more Walter on TV. Just kind of set the table for this guy. Okay, I, I, I like I like the Walter call. I'm going to also say I think they show Trevor Lee. Okay, there you go. There you go, yeah. Yeah, because the, the new big signing and then the new UK guy, that would make some sense, sure. Yeah, I'll go with that. Uh, anyways, I'm going to wrap it up there unless you have anything else. I don't believe that I do. Uh, did, was there anything you wanted to hit on NXT UK? Okay, well, yeah, because this was this is <laughs> pretty enhancement matchy this week. Uh, look, the the the, uh, the Devlin Travis Banks match. Oh, you know what? Uh, I actually liked that match. I, I gotta tell you that they turned that back around. I, I I will say this: I thought that the non-finish there was a very clever way of getting out of the predicament that you and I were talking about they kind of written themselves into where someone had to lose that next upcoming match. And this was a spirited enough match inside the ring and stiff and aggressive enough and continued afterwards that it kind of got the heat back for the feud. Okay. I, I, I liked it. I, I just, I, I, after having what, what happened was I watched it right after two Oh five live. And I was like, a- after watching kind of basically, I watch then, NXT UK first now because I know that th- that's the one that I need to worry about, the, the where I might hit wrestling fatigue. Yeah, I, I hit my fatigue around NXT UK th- this week, so I was just kind of like, eh, it's okay. I thought the Eddie Dennis squash was great. I think the buildup of Walter is still good. Gallus is just getting smacked around all over the place, which is interesting because I don't know how you build them back up after Walter just kills them. Um, Maybe they could get their own T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, you can follow me at Crap Game Thirteen. You can follow Chris at Chris Novembrino. You can follow the show, which is basically just when the episodes go up at Shake Them Ropes. But if you're doing that, you probably have us on your feed catcher. You may not need to. Although I may need to start tweeting at Shake Them Ropes more. Damn you, Rob, for ruining the account. Anyways, Chris, go ahead and plug your other projects. My other projects, Don't Worry About the Government, can be found at don'tworry.tv and on iTunes and Stitcher by searching Don't Worry About the Government. And my other other show is the All in the Family podcast. My dad actually listened to the Sammy Davis Jr. episode and was talking to me about the car phone that we used to have in the car as a kid the other day. And you can find that at the All in the Family podcast.com and also on iTunes and Stitcher by searching for All in the Family podcast. Chris Novembrino, former one percenter with the car phone. Anyways, if you guys are in Phoenix, let me know if I can stop by, say hi, have a beer, whatever. I'll, I'll do my best. But until uh, then, enjoy your wrestling this weekend, and uh, I'll give you all the rundown on Tuesday. My dad had it for work, you jerk. Uh huh. No, one percenter. <laughs>
Now, Tessa, what I'm going to do, I promise I love you so much. I wrote you a little poem, Tessa, and I memorized it. Roses are red, violets are blue. Tessa, I love you. I love you, baby. Come back to me. I'm going to beat you to death next week, Bill Dundee.